everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann. Doc Searles and I are here today to talk about a few things, but the most important is that it's Doc's birthday. So happy birthday, Doc. <laughs> Thank you. And it's not any birthday. I, I am... It's a big one. It's a big one. It's a long one. Um, I am actually... I'm appalled to say this. I'm 75 years old, which is Just, you know, really you know, weird because I, I don't... I don't feel, you know, of course, I don't, what is it to feel old? I mean, we have two, mm-hmm. we have a president who's substantially older than me and the other guy who run, ran against them is also older than me. But um, the big thing is that, um, I have to tell you everybody, time really does fly. And the older you get, the faster it goes, which is really weird. But every year is a smaller percentage of your whole life. And that actually applies. It actually moves really fast um and and it's like this pandemic thing started like last year but it didn't started two years ago um 9-11 was 10 years ago you know (laughs) 9-11 was actually 21 years ago and um but it all moves really fast and you know when you're young you don't you feel like you know there was this really wonderful cartoon I saw once um and it was called it was uh you know six looks at 40 and you know, to a kid, 40 looked like it was like a gravestone, you know, and, and to 30, it was like some old guy. And to, at 40 itself, it was like these two guys looking at each other, like, aren't we cool? And then at older and older ones, you know, by the time you get to like my age, they look like babies. And there's something to that. But my point about it, though, is that when you're young, it's very hard to imagine or even contemplate what it's going to be like when you're older. And the weird thing is, if you stay healthy, which fortunately I have, um, you don't end up, you don't feel that much different. You look different. That's the horrible thing. You know, you don't sound different. My voice now isn't much different, if at all, from when I was 25. But, um, but you do look like an old person. <laughs> you know, that, that does happen. There are a few exceptions. I've known a few, a few people who, you know, um, look really great when they when they age and they keep their hair you know these <laughs> bastards they keep their hair you know i mean among guys women do tend to keep their hair but guys don't and uh and i don't i didn't i i weird thing is i was like i got to about 65 and it was like hey the family curse has not hit you know all my cousin male cousins are bald as stones and you know they it was great i'm not gonna lose my hair and then i did then it's like in about two years most of it fell out so, but anyway, but I'm here, you know, better a milestone than a headstone and, or, yep. or a, a millstone. So, so, Is that so the title of the, of the episode? I'm here. I think it might be. It's <laughs> a pretty good one. I'm still standing. You know, th- there was that song. I'm still standing better yeah. than I ever did. Um, you know, or, or the, what was the Tom Petty one? Don't, don't back down. It's, it's kind of that same feel don't to it. Down. You know, don't back down. Yeah. All that. Um, yeah, it's all good. I'm still standing. Oh, that's Elton John, isn't it? Yeah, it is Elton John. I had, yeah. It took me a second. I'm like, who is that? It's Elton John. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, before we go too too much further, I wanted to make sure I haven't done this in a while. Um, I wanted to make sure to give a shout out and a thank you to people who support us on Patreon and Coffee, and all the people who email mm. us and all of those things and all of you know, even just listening. Uh, we you know we appreciate that a lot. And we love feedback. So I wanted to throw that out there. Also visit our website at reality2cast.com 
we do occasionally send out a newsletter, although our, the cadence of that lately we've been, has been a we bit have, inconsistent. Yeah, cadence is, we're, we're, we've, yeah. If you follow uh, either of us, you probably yeah, have seen I'm our conversations. On there. We, I feel bad we struggle. We struggle with the idea of newsletters. I mean, you, you I do just too. posted I do about too. Substack, it's, which is it's our interesting. platform, actually. I, I will say this. I had a really great long talk with Dave Weiner this morning. Dave is one of the real major geniuses of the computer world. And he invented RSS, for example, which we all still use to syndicate everything. Podcasting, you know, you're, those of you who subscribe are subscribing with RSS in most cases. I think even if you're on Spotify or one of the others, RSS is in there. Um, but he invented outlining a zillion years ago, um, modeled what we, you know, presentation software. Um, but blogging and podcasting both would not be the same without Dave. And I really want to use his software that he's working on now that starts with outlining to do both. Um, you can tweet with it. You can, and I'm using it for that right now, by the way. And, but you can also put a blog, publish a blog out of it. And you can also produce a newsletter out of it. I really want to do that. And because it's all one tool and it all works really well and he's still working on it. And, but he told me today uh, in, a, in an email, so just go ahead and use Substack or something in the meantime. So yeah, well, which is what that. we're doing. So which is we what we're doing. So already, um, I didn't mention that to him, but I'm, we're already on Substack. So I'm going to get more, I'm going to get practice in by working on this one. So that would, that will be cool. Um, but uh, you know, I'll tell you, there's an interesting thing though. I, I tweeted this this morning. I said, I, I'm not going to respond to any more Substack, any more, newsletters that shake me down for money you know i don't like the here you're getting two-thirds or half or almost none of a of a of a newsletter post that stops halfway through is only subscribers get the rest of this i don't like that i don't no. like that come on well, and i don't like certainly don't do that i don't and like I don't, the five bucks a, you know everybody pays five bucks a month i'm over we're i'm way past peak subscription right now yeah. way past it on a lot of stuff and and if i you know, had a proper tool for it and not just a spreadsheet, a lot of it would go away. And, and I feel bad about it because there's some people I'd like to subscribe to, but I'm not. Uh, magazines I'll cancel and stuff. So I don't mean is to it? sound old and cranky, but you know. We're, we're, we're a, <laughs> well, it is your birthday, so. It's my birthday. Entitled. I can get crotchety, I guess. <laughs> do, you, but, yeah. do you feel any differently when it's, um, when it's presented as a subscription versus just like a Patreon model, like where you're just on supporting yeah. a creator on an on. on I, I prefer a Patreon matter? model, but, but, I, but even I don't like Patreon that much. I, I, in part because a bunch of us came up with an idea called Emancipay. We'll put that in the newsletter. Um, look up Emancipay, E-M, like Emancipate, only Emancipay. And uh, it's a Project VRM, which I still run. It's out of the Berkman Klein Center at Harvard. And it's it's this thing that, it's really just on a server there, but it's an idea. And the idea is it should be up to us as listeners to just be able to easily, easily, yeah. impulsively throw money at things. Yeah. And, and, um, coffee, coffee, and, and coffee also, works that way. and also, yeah, and also to monitor our actual consumption. Like I, I, we had a thing with, um, the public media player, which is a, a, a which is done by PRX, which is one of the, public radio suppliers. Um, PRX, I worked with them on this. They, they had a, a, um, an, a, a, a tuner uh, that was an app on your phone. It worked on Android and iPhone. 
that uh, maybe it's still there, I don't know, but it only gave you public stations. Here are all the public stations in the country and you can, but we had a thing we put in there, uh, hats off to a guy named Keith Hopper who came up with this idea called Listen Log. And, and you could look at the end of it, all the stations you'd listen to and how much time you gave to each of those. But you could put, a, put Emancipate on top of that and say, you know what, I'm gonna pay 200 bucks a year to public radio and it'll be allocated by what I actually listen to. And then it would go into escrow somewhere where at, at some service that uh, um, maybe like sound exchange or one of those rights clearance services that does nothing, that does the same thing for, for music artists where, you know, cause when you hear music on streams, a record is kept of that. And the people playing those streams have to pay royalties, but it's like royalties in the hands of the individual. So, I would have my own royalty rate, as it were, where I'm, I've decided I, I do consume these things. I, I want to send money to all of the podcasts and all of the streams that I listen to on a pro rata basis. And Emancipate will let you do that if somebody will just write the code for it. <laughs> so so the, the basic aspirations of it and the design is there, but, um, but, no, but nobody's ever built it in part because we never evangelized it, which is one of many ideas that we had. But it's a good idea. It's a hell of an idea, actually. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'd like to see. So what Any have you kind guys of virtual listening? tip jars? You know, I, I love the idea of being able to just yeah. automating the process of that is is uh, yeah. It, it, it's the thing is, it has to be in the hands of the individual. If, if there's yet mm -hmm. another third party in the middle, yeah, that's a sphincter or the waste of the hourglass that wants to be the toll road for you. Here's your toll road. No, I want my own way to disperse yeah. money to whoever I like to disperse it to on a pro rata basis based on my actual consumption. That'd be a fun thing to do. Um, there could be third parties involved in that, but the, no, in the same gotta, way as I have my own browser, yeah, and I have my own phone, I have my own apps. Those are mine, hopefully, uh, and not just, I'm, I'm stuck in yet another silo that in this case is just a conduit. You know, we need a, a metaphor for that. Like we just want to be your culvert, you know, to, you know that's what, companies are saying they want to be in that kind of middle middle that pipe that muddy pipe um yeah. so anyway another thing too i want to briefly report is that um we may have talked about it last week um one of my very best friends uh craig burton who was uh, a source of an enormous amount of quotage when i wrote for linux journal um uh, died a week ago wednesday and uh not Unexpectedly, he'd had cancer for a while, not that long, but long enough. Um, but he was just a huge influence on me and on a lot of things, and had a lot of amazing things to say about open source. And sorry, we never got him on the show. He was a funny, crazy guy. And he made Novell succeed. And, and for those who remember Novell, um, this is an important thing what happened that in the 80s, PCs came along. And if you asked a company in 1982, a big company, are you going to let PCs into your company? And they'd say, no, because we can't control. We already have mainframes. We have 3270 display terminals and we have VT100s and 200s out there. You're not getting in, in PCs in here. And then people brought their own PCs into companies and they got more done than they ever got done with the mainframes and mini computers. And so all of a sudden companies are full of PCs using spreadsheets and other software word processing and the rest of it and wang was going out of business and digital was going out of business deck was going out of business and data general and all of these companies that 
that were in the mini computer business and what came in their place lands the land business and the winner in the land business was novell and the guy that made that happen was craig burton he was brilliant at at novell and um really made that company succeed and it was the best thing we had on the enterprise side prior to the internet um and he, he was you know a troubled soul as well in some ways which is why he's he's kind of an unsung hero uh, in some ways, but the best thing he ever said, I just, I quoted this on Twitter earlier. He and I were co-consulting a company. It was pretty funny. And, and they had one of those marketing guys that was just so customer hostile and Craig, who was six, five and weighed well over 500 pounds, um, and ridiculously strong. Um, I have stories about that too, but this is more important. He rises up and he's got this wonderful, deep basso voice. And he says to this jerk who's saying customer hostile hostile things at this company he says put down the customer step away from the marketplace you are a danger to others <laughs> it was it was one of those perfect things i'd ever heard because that's exactly what needed to happen <laughs> put down the yeah. customer step away from the marketplace <laughs> I, I saw that tweet actually and i was hoping if you didn't mention it i was going to ask you to to, to read that. yeah yeah there's that, that. Was so so Rest in peace, Craig. He was he was a fun guy. So I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was oh god, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of of customers, Amazon. There are, there are a couple of things happening in, in the privacy world, which is something actually we haven't. Specifically it'd be great if private privacy was a world, but it's not, which is why. Yeah, well, that's know. true. There is no private in the in the lack of privacy world. Um, but, uh, so Amazon has bought or is buying a company called one medical and that right. is, well, it's weird and we'll get into that. And then the other thing is the legislation, the American data privacy and protection act. So those are, right. those are a couple of things that are topical and that we kind of wanted to touch on yeah. today. Like if we had um, ads, we could tease that and just say like, after this break, I don't talk yeah, about hey, the other we thing, should totally but, do that. but we don't, we don't have uh, ads, which is fine. You know, we don't need any ads. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So let's talk about why, why Amazon buying a medical service provider, a healthcare provider is weird and concerning to a lot of people. Um, I mean, yeah. so Amazon already knows everything there is to know about me, I think. I mean, well, eh, I, it, it actually doesn't. To an I, extent. I, so, but, but there's enough to fear. I know, this is a thing we, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always amazed lot, that... actually. You know, Amazon, you know, all these companies, Google too, you know, that they know everything about me. They know where I've been. They know what I eat. They know all this other stuff. And yet their guesses about what you might want are terrible for the most <laughs> part. And, and Amazon is no, no exception. It's like, and it's like, it's like when you check out at the grocery store and they give you the, you know, they give you the receipt that has discounts on the things you just bought, which can only like really piss you off because wait a minute, exactly. I, I could have had those. Kleenex or the fish or whatever for half. If I go back, why didn't you give it to me at the discount now? Um, but Amazon, here's, here's, this is my take on this. I don't think anybody else has this take. Amazon never needed to get into the advertising business at all in any way. They have a gigantic business in retail. Um, and, and in advertising to people within their own system, the things that, you know, I mean, they could just do advertising within their own system and it would have been great and everybody would have trusted them. 
But instead, they got into the same creepy business that the rest of the ad tech world is, which is we're going to do surveillance and we're going to surveil you everywhere. And we're going to use what we know about you here to advertise to you elsewhere. And, um, you know, and, and of course, their, their reassurances about this, especially when they know so many intimate things, potentially with Ring and with Alexa, um, they're just a creep show at this point. And, and so why should you trust them? And they go and buy a medical company, right? And so the, yeah. the story, the you know, one of the stories, of it, regardless it, of anything else. Yeah, there's a CNBC one you, you, you shared on our back channel. And, um, and there are all these quotes from people who say, no, I'm dropping out. I'm, 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 I like mm-hmm. One Medical, which by the way, I never heard of before this, but I'm sure, sure it's a good company or was, you know, that I, I'm dropping out because I just don't trust Amazon. And Amazon has done a lot to not earn our trust and which is kind of sad, but you know, there it is, you know, that this, and I mean, we, we really need much better ways on our side to valve what others know about us and extract from others auditable um, promises that they will not share that information. And there's no way to audit privacy breaches on anybody else's side. There's no way to get agreements from them that they will not follow you or share that information. All we have are promises in their really, really, really shitty, insincere, fatuous um, uh, privacy notices. And it's the craziest thing. I mean, and, and I tweeted this this morning. Is that, the, that I was somebody told me something about um, a, a, a scientific report. Um, and it was the American Academy of Pediatrics or something like this. It's a medical outfit. And you look at their privacy policy and it's all about, it's got that line in it. You know, we have third parties. And those third parties are going to follow you everywhere for advertising purposes. And we're involved in that. They don't need to be involved in that, but they are because it's pro forma. That's what everybody does. You know, yeah. in a similar way, we could share this too is in, in the newsletter, um, Tom Fishburne, the marketoonist who's a great cartoonist. Um, you know, he has a cartoon that has, you know, let us snoop you know, a little conference at some company, let us snoop on people in a privacy first opt-in consent-based way. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and notes there that there was a study that said 97% of people just automatically click on accept, you know, and, uh, you know, because they know they're screwed and, you know, why bother digging down into there to, you know, control your privacy. I'm using air quotes here, your privacy choices. It's not yours, it's theirs, and you have no record of it. So it doesn't matter. Uh, and, but they, they're all involved in this horrible business and, and all the European laws and the CCPA in California have no effect, no effect whatsoever. And they just made things less convenient for us. They've caused those, those awful things to appear on our websites and, uh, and, and don't do any good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and you punish these companies and they can all take it. doesn't matter. You know, it's, uh, but we need our own controls. It's as simple as that. And, and I, and there's nothing in, there's nothing Amazon can say that, that can contradict anything. And it's in that CNBC story. Uh, oh, I, you know, I, I anybody. Mean- I, I hesitate to ask the question, but what, why would Amazon buy them to make money? Obviously. That's another so question. They already, right? Yeah, I mean, that, they already that's own really PillPack, right? 
Amazon is PillPack, right? I believe so. PillPack is a great oh. service. If you don't know about it, it's um, no, I it don't. delivers. I know I don't use it myself, but I know people who do, and it delivers prescriptions in sort of dosed packets. So you can take your, you know, your collection of AM pills and your collection of pills. Oh, really? Each are individually wrapped in a in a uh, in a little packet. And it comes in a roll. And so it's just suddenly you grab your, you know, your morning pills. And so for people who are on, take a lot of medication, it's very uh, useful. I believe that that was an acquisition. I don't think they started it or anything, but, um, huh. but yeah, it's no, by, so that, I mean, it I kind of that. makes sense. It's, they bought it's by, by Amazon pharmacy. Amazon pharmacy yeah. is a thing. Yeah. I, that's interesting. So I'm, you know, being, as I said, 75, that I take fewer pills than most people who are this my age, but I still have, morning and evening pills that's that's it and i have on my watch i've got a little you know thing that reminds me to take them and um but none of the none of the pill cases are good and the pill cases themselves have a little timer on them that's what i was just thinking is it something like that but i mean talk about how bad this thing is i mean i i depend utterly at this point on cvs and I hate to say that I love CVS, but here's what I love about CVS. It's everywhere. It's the McDonald's it of, yeah. of pharmacies. And and I can go, I can move my, my prescription from one to the other to the other and pick it up here and there. It still mostly involves getting on the phone. Their, their app isn't worth a damn, frankly. The one thing that matters in the app that I want in the app is the ability to move prescriptions from one store to another because I travel so much. Um, and they don't have that. <laughs> they, they didn't the last time I looked anyway. Um, but still, I like that. So I switched to Humana. Humana is my um, Medicare supplemental uh, insurer, I think, or it's at least some part of it. And but that's but I that's that they have a pharmacy, and it might come in ten days. I you know I mean it. it the prices, I don't even know if it's actually cheaper, but I, I quit it almost immediately after I started because the, you know, having them sent to me is a real issue because I may not be where they send it to. So it's, uh, you know, anyway, but, I, but yeah. the, the idea that Amazon has a pharmacy, I suppose with HIPAA and all the other, all of the other laws surrounding personal information with medical, you're relatively safe. But, but the but fact that- because do, do, do any of those laws really take into account the real nature of supposed anonymity of data? Because I, yeah. I suspect that if you read any legislation there, you know, the language would suggest that anonymizing data, I mean, I, you know, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, but that anonymizing data would be sufficient in some cases or you know in the way that data is stored mm. but we all know the the real answer is that you know what's if the data exists and is stored for too long it's potentially toxic right um so you know i don't know so i think people are right to be concerned and i think ultimately perception is, is really what matters anyway and when you're amazon and you own things like ring who have flying cameras that chase you around your house or uh, mm. or you know you're involved you're 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 pitching law enforcement to, to, to sell your cameras and, you know, and human rights organizations are rightfully concerned about that. So once you've already established this sort of place in the world where privacy advocates and, and just, you know, any normal human who's concerned about their privacy starts to get nervous, then 
you know, health data, I think is one of those areas that really makes people a little yeah. bit more wary about privacy. So, yeah, so once health, you've already have financial these checks, are the two yeah. Yeah, exactly. health and financial so, people and do, politics. These are the things now. people don't want to know. They don't want other people to know. And um, I mean, I did, it's interesting. I mean, I think, okay, would I even want to say now what pills I take and for what? Probably not. Oh God, no. I no. probably, I probably could, but why would I, you know? And well, at least, at least you're male. Like if you're, if you're a woman, right, exactly. God forbid yeah. you, uh, you say that you're taking a pill that might have a miscarriage as a side effect. Right. Uh, or, or that's if, a whole or, other conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. Or that I was, I mean, it's, it's interesting because this is a funny story. Uh, years ago when my son, just how, I mean, he's 25 now, but when he was like nine or something like that, we were watching a sports and there was, there was an ad on TV for erectile dysfunction, but they just call it ED. He said, well, if you have ED, do this and that. If you do, you know, you, know, you, you can enjoy your life if you have ED. And, um, and he asked me, what's ed and i said oh okay well it's that's when you're i guess we'll be x-rayed here what the hell you know it's when your penis doesn't get hard and and he said oh what's so bad about that <laughs> so <laughs> Wait, how old was he <laughs> he, was a, he, he was in a, he was pretty young it was in an age when it you know it didn't it, it didn't matter yet uh, yeah, I, I don't get it where's the problem yeah, really hard to the pee. Problem. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> euphemisms there, but you know, there's. I mean, there there are lots of things we don't want other people to know, um, and I think that what's happened is that the horribleness. I mean, I mean, horrible is the wrong word. Both the accuracy of advertising when it's personal and the degree to which, for the most part, they're really inaccurate and wrong or off base or irre really irrelevant are both smokescreens. I mean, they, they, they both, you know, they, they both misdirect attention away from the fact that these companies are acquiring massive amounts of information about us. That's none of their damn business. Yeah. And we don't want them to have, and it could potentially be harmful to us. I think there's not enough obvious harms in most cases. There's lots of concern, but not, you know, we don't have many cases where somebody got chased around because somebody found their advertising information. Yeah. You know? And the other concern, you know, when you talk about companies like Amazon, Amazon is a massive company, massive. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and when you get all of these little divisions that collect uh, various types of data and, you know, and of course they have, you know, I assume uh, use best practices with data retention and handling information. But the larger the company, the more points of failure, right? <laughs> it's, I don't right. know. It just seems, it seems like people are, are right, very, very right to be concerned because, I don't know, getting, getting plugged into to that large organization. But, you know, also who knows because Amazon does on, you know, I, I would, I like the idea of at least providing both sides of the argument, maybe if possible. But Amazon does have a great record uh, with customer service and, you know, mm -hmm. innovation. And um, so who knows? Uh, although this is not Whole Foods, one medical and whole, this is not the same thing. Would anybody say that Whole Foods is better now that Amazon owns them? Um, 
I mean, I can get them. I can get Whole Foods delivered really quickly. So that's nice. Yeah. Uh, but is it a, if you go into it, is it a better store? I don't know. I don't shop no, it's there. About the so same. I very rarely do. It's any about anymore, the same. Huh? About the same. They've, they've made it no worse. And there are some, there have been advantages in my opinion, but I, you know, again, I'm not a diehard whole foods goer, but even though it's funny, I mean, I grew up with whole foods back when it was a tiny little health food grocery store, you know, originating in Texas. Like right. It did. It came from Texas. Yeah. yeah. Our, our whole foods was, you know, just, just down the street and, and um, yeah, I mean, it was very obviously very different than, than what, it, than how we know it today, but but um, I've never, so, so the changes in Whole Foods to me, I don't tend to compare, you know, pre-Amazon and post-Amazon. I tend to compare the last 10 years versus, you know, 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it's a very different, it's a very different thing into my, to my mind. But, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, um, I'm looking here at all of the divisions is, I mean, Whole Foods, Twitch, Shock Ring, Lab 126, I never heard of before, but apparently exists. Um, Kyber says with Jungly, Goodreads, Eero. I have, I'm talking to you over in Eero right now, actually. Arizona Maritime, that exists. Annapurna, Perna Labs, Israel based microelectronics company. My gosh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I remember A9, A- A9 was going to be their search engine, and it didn't, that never happened. I don't know what it's, what it, that ended up happening with that, but that's what the original idea was that they thought they could, you know, kick butt with that. That was in the aughts. Yeah. So, um, you know, some things, some things are successful, some are not. I mean, the thing that sort of surprises me the most, I mean, let me, let me actually look at Amazon now. I'll just go to there and with their, I mean, I think they've junked it up horribly, you know, keep shopping for, well, I, I already got, I, I didn't get any of that, you know, buy again, you know, shop both speakers with Alexa built in. I don't want that. Um, as I looked down the page, a video recommended for me, Lizzo, you know, uh, we actually have a family connection with Lizzo, but that might be part of it. I don't know. But, um, uh, you know, more things to Amazon basics, books I may like, none of them are interesting to me. <laughs> it's like n- none of this it's like garbaged up totally i mean and it none of it's interesting for the most part and you just have to it's like this endless catalog as you go down now i'm sure they have lots of research that says, shows well this is all better and it's working better all the time but the you know buy again and i'm not going to buy most of the stuff that that's that they have there for me to buy again you know yeah. chief handkerchiefs uh Maybe the interdental brushes. I like those. Those are very cool. But you know what? The ones for CVS are better and they're cheaper. So I'm going to get them from yeah. CVS. You know. So yeah. One thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned, and I'll drop the link in, is that there was a, a data privacy study, uh, a survey from the AMA, and it you know it just kind of goes back to the fact that health data is something that people are increasingly worried about, and I think that's that's yeah. And very interesting and very relevant right now because I mean again we've got the Roe v. Wade issue we've got um, I mean, there are a lot of other things to say about health data privacy but but yeah it's just interesting timing so I'll drop that in there I'd be curious to know if, if any of our listeners have any experience with One Medical or have any opinions about this but uh, but yeah let it let us know if you do certainly 
Um, yeah. So yeah. So uh, on the subject of privacy, maybe maybe it's a good time to segue to the uh, privacy I, legislation we were talking about. I have about. to bring the other tab up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is um. Uh, oh, what's the name of it? Oh, the American Data Privacy and Protection Act (HR 8152), um, which is apparently going to pass, um, and. I, you know, to me, I'm kind of a Silicon Valley libertarian on this one. I think that most new laws protect yesterday from last Thursday, and then we have to suffer with them for the next 50 years. Um, And after seeing how the GDPR and the CCPA in some ways made things worse, at least at the experience level at our side, like all of a sudden, you know, they have to not only show us the GDPR mandated or at least how they think they, you know, the companies selling GDPR compliance insisted as mandated um, consent to consent notices on the fronts of websites. Now there's this new thing if you're if you're detected as coming from California, it says, says you know do not sell my data, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff on there about not selling your data that people ignore. So what they want to do with this is they have, you know, they're they're granting a whole bunch of new rights, the rights to awareness, transparency, individual data ownership and control, right to consent and object, data protections for children and minors, third-party collecting entities. Goes, it goes on. Unified opt-out mechanisms is number 10. And that's what I have a problem with. And, and, uh, and it unpacks those you know, for several dozen pages, which I have read and can't remember much of because it's in, in legislative ease. But basically what it wants to do is regulate the existing surveillance economy. And my worry about that is it freezes that economy in place rather than allows us to replace it with something better that isn't based on surveillance and actually creates a market that that begins with what we want rather than what somebody else wants to sell us. And, you know, and for example, as number 10, unified opt-out mechanisms. No, we need a, we need a unified opt-in mechanism. We need to be able to say, yeah, we're interested in, in, in having personalized advertising, not, no, we're going to opt out of all of your, you know, personalized advertising systems separately and individually with no record of them whatsoever. Even if there's a record of them, it's a pain in the ass. There's way too many. Um, because what happens is that everybody's selling GDPR compliance or compliance to any privacy laws all have one big cloud with one big service that every single company implements in a different way and keeps records differently. And those records are generally with third parties and there's no way to get at them. It's horrible. It's a real mess. And it's a billion, uh, probably multi-billion dollar business that that's entirely created by the legislation. So this will create more, more compliance businesses with more loopholes. And we're just going to be in the same opt-out universe that we already have. And it's icky and it'll take something icky and solidify it. Um, so that's my worry about it. Uh, I don't think we need to regulate this existing surveillance economy. We need to build tools on our side that allow us to create our own forms of privacy and get and get other parties to agree to our terms and our conditions. And if that's not thinkable to you, you don't understand the internet. The internet is a peer-to-peer system. We can all operate on it. We haven't invented the parts that we need to give us privacy and give us choice and give us ways of asserting what we want in the world 
You know, we didn't bother with that at first. You know, it's been 25 years. Let's start bothering with it. Yeah. So that's my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, that's very interesting. I, you know, I'm not as familiar with it as you are. So I, I hesitate to, to comment at all um, because I'd have to really go through this entire 132 page. PDF. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long one. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there, you know, there are some elements in there here that, eh, yeah, I mean, who knows? they concern me because again the nature of legalese and legislative ease as you put it and the nature of technology you know can't always account for each other so 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 here's an exercise that they they can nobody has to read anything all they have to do is do a search for gdpr compliance the 200 million results they'll get (coughs) excuse me uh, give or take either way hundreds of millions you'll get um, are almost all from companies selling ways to obey the letter of the GDPR while completely screwing its spirit. Exactly. That's the whole thing. That is a multi-billion dollar business. That's all about, that's, that's all about screwing the spirit. Just how do you stay in the surveillance business? Here's here's how we can continue in the surveillance business. I was talking to a family member who works for a big retailing company who said, she spends hours daily or something talking about nothing but which one of these third parties they're going to use to spy on their customers or press by on their potential customers. Like it's so pro forma it's, and you can't regulate it away. You have to just build tools on that allow us to get around it, but here's what's going to happen. So the, the data privacy protection act, what that's going to be called, you know, it's going to be the ADPPA. So, there will now be, you know, look it up several years from now, you know, ADPPA compliance, and that's going to give you 200 million results. And guess what? You won't have any more privacy and we'll have the same surveillance economy we have now. And you're going to have to opt out with all these different parties. And they'll think they succeeded because now you have some of the records on your side, maybe, but probably not. You know, it's going to make the same thing just as maybe worse. So that's, you know. Yeah. That's there. I, I, I just, you know, I wanted to show me in there where it says that data brokers cannot sell lists of rape victims or, you know, or any of the other really gross yeah. categories of consumer that you can buy lists on, you know, I, show me in there and then I'll feel better maybe, but like it's, I don't yeah. know. I'm just, I, I feel kind of cynical at this point, but I think that's yeah, and I, I'm 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 somewhat cynical to too. It. I mean, it, it's it's going to take a long time. I I do have some faith that in the long run, you know, when I'm maybe 124 uh, or something, um, uh, that this will get worked out. I mean, I think it's very early in the digital age that we're in now. I think that we're, you know, we have a lot of opportunity here. I just don't want to see laws in place that that solidify the creepy systems that we have it's kind of like you know here here's how we're going to regulate roads when all we have are horses and buggies right it's like no let's let's look forward here a little bit and uh you know what's a better way to do this um and 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 not on the policy side you know it's too easy to think of policy as the only answer to everything and and it's too easy to think on the other side um no, the market will take care of this. No, the market's not going to take care of this. Geeks are going to take care of this. Geeks are going to invent stuff 
that gives us privacy that we and and puts it out there and standards people you know that we're working on this with ieee 7012 which is machine readable personal privacy terms you know i want you to agree to my personal privacy terms sign here and now we both have a copy which a company should be glad to do if they're not spying on you simple you know let's do it um yeah so um but it, I, I, I want the tech geek solution to this, not yet another policy solution, not yet another market solution. That's just more big businesses coming up with better ways to not spy on you, but say all spying on you anyway. Yeah. To say they're doing one thing while they're doing another. Hmm. Well, cool. I, um, I don't know. I think, I think we've covered, I think we've covered what we came here to talk about. Yeah, today, maybe. So. So I wonder if there's, aside from happy birthday again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I tweeted at midnight last night. I was watching my, the sweep second hand on my clock. I was up at midnight, you know, and at the, at the moment, you know, it happened. I tweeted out, Hey, I just completed 75 loops, laps of the sun. Um, but in fact, it was born at like, you know, 11 in the morning or something. So I had another 11 hours. So when I woke up at, you know, seven o'clock, <laughs> well, I'm not really 75 yet. It's actually no, not yet. But I am now, you know. For real. It's real now. Yeah. But that's only because we think time is real. Maybe it's not. It's know. all, it's relative. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely old enough to feel the, the speeding up of time. It's very, it's surreal. How it is time weird. Has, and, and then, you know, like you said, the COVID, COVID timeline is, uh, it's just totally whacked everyone's brain. Everything feels, anything, 2019 was last year and it, it will be for a, a while, it feels like. And yet, you know, my, my eyes are. Like, I know. I, I think of 2019 as <laughs> last year and it's two years ago, you know, three years I, ago. I, I did a road trip with my sister in 2019. It's three years ago. Yeah. There you go. An example of it. See, we have, you know, so three years ago, or like, maybe like, it was 10 years ago. Wait, was it 20 years ago? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no concept. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, and I, I think too, like I think about, you know, the Vietnam war, which is a huge thing in my life. Cause I didn't go fighting it. I fought against it. And the civil rights era in the sixties, I was very involved in that um, in my college years uh, in the late sixties. And that's farther back than World War One was when I was growing up. You know, it's it's mm, yeah. 50, I, I, 60 I, I, years I, ago. I can't even play that game. I can't. Oh, the, yeah, the this was closer to me than this freaks me out. I oh, I yeah. hate that so much. Talk about you know televisions, you know movies and TV that you remember. And so I watch TV from maybe nineteen fifty three to nineteen sixty two maybe 63 and maybe a little bit on weekends but I, I i was sent away to high school and a place that didn't have tvs in it uh in 1962 and then i went to college and didn't have tvs in college either you know didn't have it you know so you know so i guess tv sort of came back into my, my life when i was out of college in the early 70s but um but i was busy too you know and i tended to write and work in the evening. So I, you know, didn't take in that much TV. So there's a, a missing a lot of stuff, you know, there, there are a few exceptions, but not many. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then, you know, 20 years ago, remember TikTok? That was a thing. Remember that thing? You know, 
Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, and it'll maybe. also be remember Facebook and Twitter and all those things. And they're going to yeah. remember podcasting. <laughs> I think podcasting is here to stay, though. I really do. It might be. It seems to. I do. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Or maybe we'll call it something else at some point. Yeah. Talk maybe. radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. On that note, thank you everyone for listening to our talk radio today <laughs> <laughs> and for, for joining us and celebrating Doc's birthday. Um, but yeah, reach out, let us know your thoughts on, on all the things and until next time. Yeah, see you.